Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. It's fantastic to have you on board and listening. It is even more fantastic as I did some research about this brand uh, last week. I'm very passionate about sustainability uh, and especially about food waste. Uh, so I'm very blessed uh, to have on board Dean Turner, the CEO of Enrich uh, 360. I was going to say 365, Dean. That's awful. So 360, I apologize. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Just all the way around. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, fantastic to have you on. Um, now, I only really found out about uh, Enrich 360 last week um, after I saw a post on LinkedIn and did some research into you guys. Uh, and was very excited to see uh, what you guys have been uh, been doing and around. So why don't you explain to the audience and listeners uh, what Enrich360 is all about? Sure. So Enrich360 is a circular economy program mm-hmm. aimed at keeping food waste out of landfill, mm-hmm. um, and we do that by converting it into fertiliser. Um, the conversion process happens in, in a machine that we call a biodehydrator, mm. uh, and that machine um, goes into a, a food service establishment to the back with the and, you know, with the rubbish bins and things like that. Mm. Um, it takes all of the food waste um, and also some compostable um, products, some serviettes, some of the plates, things that are around now. They all go in. Um, the compostable um, paper goods actually add the carbon in the fertiliser, so we get a better carbon nitrogen balance as well. Mm-hmm. The process of the machine uh, basically takes the food, heats and heats and mixes it, and then creates steam. The steam's then condensed into back into green water. We yes. can either uh, capture that or um, uh, to reuse, so for water gardens or or any other sort of use, mm-hmm. or else it can go just down a normal uh, sewer drain. Um, and then the other output from the machine is a dry, powdery biomass. So similar sort of consistency to coffee grounds. Mm-hmm. We um, provide a collection service for those who don't have a use for it on their own site. We do have some um, vineyards and olive groves and some sort of places that have got these machines that use it directly onto their own mm-hmm. land. Uh, if you don't have land, we, we offer a collection service and then we get that back to farms uh, to use uh, either directly as a, a slow-release fertiliser, mm-hmm. straight out of um, everywhere except New South Wales where it's not approved uh, for land yeah. app- uh, application. We add it to compost there, so it goes into a composting process afterwards for New South Wales um, and can be used uh, anywhere else in the country, either as a fertiliser, uh, as an addition to compost or a soil amendment, so uh, mix mm-hmm. 20% with fertiliser to add nutrients. Wow. So... How did the how did the idea come about to do this? What was what was the gap in the market you were seeing? Because obviously, I've been in the industry for a couple of decades, and food waste has always been one of those things that, unfortunately, as an industry, we haven't really cared about or talked about probably until honestly, probably the last two to three years. And um, so, how did it how did it really yeah. get started? Um, well, the, the founder of the business is. Uh, uh, a bloke called Bill Calavis. He's got a business uh, that served um, hospitality. Uh, it's called Yarra Valley Farms, the produce oh, right. distribution business. Right. You'd see them uh, yeah, of course. around most these across Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he sort of, because he worked in the industry, he saw the massive waste that was happening in, in restaurants 
And obviously, we've all walked in the back door of a restaurant and had to walk past the smelly waste bins. Yes, seeing the the birds and the flies and the rats and all the all the things mm. that are attracted to food waste mm-hmm. out the back of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you saw was the the, uh, the the problem of soil degradation on farms, so yeah. that where our produce comes from. So. Um, massive use of uh, superphosphates, artificial chemicals to grow our produce these days. Mm-hmm. Um, some some farmers can actually grow them really almost without soil, just using water and chemical. So wow. who knows what that's doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and obviously, when you put your food in your general waste out the back of your restaurant, um, it goes into landfill. Mm-hmm. Landfill uh, food waste and landfill creates methane gas methane gas 25 times more damaging to the ozone layer than co2 mm. so major contributor to global warming and climate change so that was why we sort of got got this together and found some technology and and created some processes um, to to get this uh, circular thing going on yeah and and i mean circular economy has probably been used as a as a term in the in the industry for about a year i've sort of noticed it and, and that kind of stuff like mm. why when how long have you had the sort of product around where it's been able to be picked up by restaurants and, and cafes to put in their back of house? How long has that been going for? We've been operational for two years, mm-hmm. so we're about a year ahead of the uh, circular economy becoming the buzzword. Yes, um, <laughs> well done. Maybe, maybe we can get to <laughs> yeah, maybe um, yes. Mm. Do, so, is it has it been tough to get? Um, uh, to get restaurateurs, cafe owners on board with this kind of system because obviously they're paying a lot of money depending where they are for their waste retrieval anyway and then um, uh, this is a what they would see maybe as another added cost or a pickup and that kind of stuff. I've, I've worked in brands where we've dealt with um, circular economies and, and working with the waste management companies to pick it up and uh, a different cost and that kind of stuff. What kind of barriers are you sort of seeing when you, so, you one of the, to one people? Of the, we've probably had uh, lesser at the small end of hospitality um, mm-hmm. than we expected. A um, little bit of to do with the cost, um, also to do with the, you know, take this extra time to separate waste and the cheapest way to get rid of um, food waste is throw it in a landfill. Yep. So that's, that's you're, we're up against that. Mm. So the people that have jumped on board have been people that are really interested in sustainability and want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. have that as part of their, perhaps their business's marketing positioning to, you know, be part of the, you know, doing the right thing, care about sustainability, use the recycled, um, you know, products within their, within their facility. Yes. Um, we had one customer where um, when they put the system in, they reduced their general waste bins by 50%. Wow. And they've since reduced their collections by 50%. Wow. And the reason you can collect, reduce your collections is because your, your bin no longer smells. So previously, the food's all in the bin. You have mm. to get it collected every day or two. Mm-hmm. So half the time, you're actually getting it collected when it's half empty. Mm. And there's a little secret that waste companies charge you by pickups. They charge you a rental for the bin and a charge for yep. the pickup. Yep. And they dump by waste. Yes. So um, don't mind picking up empty bins and charging you for it. Yeah, exactly. Do you- it's always important when, when we put our system in, there's got to be a follow-up task of making sure the customer reduces their other, other um, their general waste capacity. Otherwise, it just sits there empty. Yeah. So obviously, you've just said there, you've, you, uh, just before you're dealing with uh, every state in, uh, in Australia at the moment, like have you, have you found 
one particular region of the country to be more progressive than than the other, or is it just brand specific in those particular cities? Uh, well, we certainly we had some uh, um, funding from Sustainability Victoria, which allowed yeah. us to get people into the scheme um, cheaper in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just run out. We're hoping there will be more funding um, after COVID uh, finishes up. Yeah. Um, uh, we. We've also had some funding support in Tasmania. There is funding um, in New South Wales that supported um, the products going into, um, you know, a boarding school up there, a high-rise building, a, um, a major retailer. So, yeah, some really good um, good uh, pickups around the funding up um, in New South Wales as well. Yeah. Do you, um, like you just touched on COVID then, do you, how have you sort of seen that change your business uh, in the last in the last few weeks because obviously you're now dealing with a lot a lot of venues who are either not trading or they're trading maybe thirty percent capacity or forty percent capacity due to delivery only and, and pick up. How's that affecting you guys yeah. at the moment? Yeah, well, look, I, I've um, we've definitely had some some of our businesses that have um, either closed or changed their model. To a takeaway, which means they don't longer have no longer have leftover food plate waste yeah. on them because they don't have plates, they don't have diners. So um, what we've tried to do is um, yeah adjust the collections um, frequencies, and some we've stopped altogether. And, and I've credited them for those charges because yeah. it's, um, you know we've got to all share the the burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're lucky we've expanded outside of traditional hospitality, so we've still got. Um, you know, we've had event centres and airports, which are not great either at the moment. Um, mm. But we've also got um, places like universities, care, healthcare, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of other more broadly uh, and retailers as well who are still operating. So, yeah, um, for us, it's a bit of a spread, which means we can't afford to help the uh, the, the uh, closed up venues. Yes, we've, we've lost some order. Had an order cancelled after um, COVID hit. Um, and we've also had obviously nobody's making decisions, uh, financial decisions at the moment either. So yeah, exactly. you know, there's quite a reduction uh, in activity. But we had some good forward orders, so we've still been kept busy through this period. What do you think? Um, if I can ask you, where do you think sustainability is going to hit after COVID happens, especially in an industry like the hospitality industry? Because my my sort of thinking is people really care about other issues. And almost the triple bottom lines like sustainability and environmentalism and all that kind of stuff when things are good or for, you know, brand recognition and all that kind of stuff. My concern is that when the margins are getting smaller and smaller in hospitality, especially as we start to reopen through the middle of this year and the end of this year, that sustainability won't be as much of a forefront in the mind of, you know, potentially hospitality owners and, and uh, as, a, as, a, as a general rule, like what, what are your thoughts about that? Are you concerned about that? Um, look, I think we're we're all going to have to make make a conscious decision to help hospitality get back on its feet, mm. um, because you know we're, we're sort of all the things that that hospitality we're fighting against, like people ordering through delivery platforms. Those have become the only way to order from them, yes. and we've got to back back out of that again and get back to going out. And buying the drinks and and doing the 
you know, the socialising thing, which I think will be hard for a while with social distancing continuing. Mm. Um, the, you know, there, there is certainly a lot more talk about, you know, some people are thinking about things they don't have normally have time to think about. So some people will be thinking about, you know, the, the sustainability side of things. Uh, most people have noticed massive extra rubbish at home and they're actually seeing their waste a lot more than they do if they're eating out or, um, you know, 10 beer bottles at a restaurant yes. between a group of guys. They're gone. They, don't, they never see them again. That happens yes. at home mm. uh, over a few days. Um, those are still there and they, they mount up. So I think it's very um, a bit sobering for people sometimes to see the effect they actually are having on, on the um, economy, uh, mm. on the... the uh, environment so yeah yeah hopefully um we'll we'll all come out of this and you know just realize that we're not indestructible the world's not indestructible and maybe we need to just care a little bit more yeah i totally agree it's a it's a really good point i think one of the messages that's probably come out the last month or so is the fact that almost the re, the earth has regenerated during this time um and mm. you know skies have become clearer and you know, there's obviously a lot less pollution because people aren't moving as much. So it's quite, it's quite an interesting time to understand what's going to happen next. Um, mm. Dean, why do you think when you talk about the circular economy, the, you know, the buzzword that you started uh, as a trend, um, why do you think people should care about it? Because I, I think, I think there's a cons from me as a normal consumer, uh, especially in a, in this industry, I, I get con concerned that the normal consumer is confused about, you know, the difference between environmentalism, sustainability, circular economy, recycling, you know, the, you know, single use plastic, like there's so many different confusion points around waste. Um, how do you guys, how are you guys sort of making sure that you're part of the conversation rather than being left out? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the key thing is, when you think about circular economy, you've got to think about the alternative, which is what we've always done. So everything we consume, everything that's left over from our consumption, be it leftover car bodies, leftover cardboard, food, um, plastic, all goes in holes in the ground. Yeah. And when food goes in holes in the ground, it creates methane gas. Uh, when all those other products go in there, most of them are there forever. Yeah. So... We can't continue to do that because the earth has, um, you know, it has limited ability to deal with those things. Um, there are other are countries that have gone a lot, a lot further on this a lot sooner. South Korea, as an example, they banned food waste going to landfill in, in 2015. Wow. Um, uh, sorry, 2005. Uh, so 2005. So they're, they're 15, 15 years, years ahead of us. And they, they now um, divert. Uh, over ninety percent of their food waste across the country uh, is converted into animal feed or fertilizer. Wow. So they're both things that Australia needs. We've got a resource just in the wrong place. We've got to get it from, you know, restaurant leftovers, home leftovers to where it can be reused. Do you think just in that, and what a powerful statement you just you just made? Do you think at the end of the day? this is just going to come down to legislation from council and state governments in order to make food waste, you know, a, a, a really big problem that we need to solve to legislate it rather than just, you know, brands who are, you know, who have 
extra money and want to do the right thing because they know it's important to their consumers and to their employees. You know, it's a big employee part now. Um, yeah. You know, do you, do you think it just needs legislation for you guys to actually really grow this legislation? Legislation will really help. Um, even things like increasing waste levies, which unfortunately have been postponed uh, mm-hmm. due to COVID. Um, yeah, right. That that actually reduces the pressure on people to find alternatives. Yes. So it's probably not the best to have delay. You know, there's things that it makes sense to delay, um, but delaying doing something that's right for the environment, that's what a landfill levy is about, discouraging people from putting stuff into landfill. And 60% of our landfill is food. So this wow. is a big part of landfills. So if we can get 60% of our landfills out, of course, if you're a landfill owner, that's the last thing you want to do. Yes. Um, and if you're, a, um, you know, the government um, taxing, you know, having landfill levies on that, that's not, not an ideal thing either. But mm. the idea is that the, the levy continues to rise. People make, um, you know, it makes it so expensive to dispose it through, through your general landfill bin that you have to look at alternatives. And so, yeah, yeah it, it just needs to be made more expensive um, or, or potentially uh, ideally um, compulsory. Um, yeah. Some place, some countries and cities around the world have, have said, you know, for over a certain kilos per day of food waste, then you need to have a solution uh, in place that diverts it from landfill. So that's probably a good place to start, you know, target the, the main contributors and, and work backwards from there. Is it is it hard for your team to obviously work between different states and different councils with different legislation and and try and break through? Like, do you, do you think that's one of the problems in a country like Australia where we've got three levels of government um, all saying different things, slightly different things, but maybe having good intent? Yes. Yeah, and they've all got an opinion on how to deal with waste and how to deal with landfills. Uh, even in Melbourne, we can't even agree what colour the bin lids uh, are. <laughs> should be between different yes. council areas. So yes. If you shift from one area of the city to the other, you're going to be confused because suddenly your green bins, your red bin or whatever. Or purple or, yeah. <laughs> yeah purple. Yeah. So what, what, do you, what do you think the challenge is there? Do you, think it's, do, you think it's a federal, do you think it's a federal government responsibility to take some ownership here? Because I noticed when I was, I used to live in, I'm obviously in Melbourne now, but I used to live in Brisbane for uh, uh, five or six years. And they've got, you know, what, the biggest, the biggest council area in the world or something uh, because it's so large, Brisbane City Council. And it just seems to work so much better because it, it basically controls the whole CBD market. Um, do you think, what do you think the answer is? Do you think it's federal government? Um, definitely some of the, the guidance that the federal government's given around, on, around the plastic recycling and the focus on those things have been useful. So having, and it's been interesting watching the national cabinet meeting uh, mm. over this time yes. and seeing the differences, even with them all coming together and meeting, what they come out and do is still completely different by state. Yes. Not. So yeah. there, there's certainly plenty of government here that, um, and, and not really any of, us, any of us heading in the same direction. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> So my um my last question to you, Daniel. Thank you so much for being on the podcast uh, today. Is is where to next for Enrich Three Hundred and Sixty? Are you are you looking to just stay in the food waste game? Are you looking to broaden this out into other other areas of waste? I can think of um, 
you know, things like building waste or, or chemical waste, which is, you know, important parts of this ecosystem as well. Like, are you guys just going to stick to food for now? Yeah, well, look, we, we, we started off um, with a very clear aim, and that was not to be a waste company. We're, mm. we're an environmental solution. That's our, that's our positioning, and that's where we sort of want to see ourselves stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could involve other uh, environmental solutions for waste, um, but we don't see ourselves becoming uh, a more general uh, waste provider in any way. Mm-hmm. important focus for us is, is this year is building uh, what we call um, our enriched circular community. So everyone that's involved in the in the program, um, we've built a certification program. So we'll actually be able to offer um, certification to any participant that passes an order process. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like a, um, you know, something you'll be able to go, oh, look, that restaurant's part of that um, program that's doing the right thing with food waste. Great so we'll be, um, we'll be certifying our fertiliser, we'll be certifying farms, certifying pro- uh, produce out of those farms. Amazing. Restaurants that buy that project will also be able to be certified. And then if they're also uh, processing their waste, they'll move from a red certification to a gold certification. So we've wow. got some people already who are doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a you know that's a that's a big part of it for, for what we want to achieve in the next week. Well, all of those everyone that's involved will get listed on our website. So it becomes a bit more of a, a movement, um, mm-hmm. a program of um, of a community of people that are, are committed to doing the right thing with, with food waste and growing better produce. And, you know, right from the very start, um, um, we had we had three simple aims, which was to um, keep food out of the landfill mm-hmm. and reduce the climate change effect of that mm-hmm. um, and to, to improve soil, so reduce soil degradation and to help farmers grow better, more nutritious produce using natural fertiliser that we make from food. So we've got to, we, we come back to that every time we make a decision. Is yeah. this actually doing the right thing by what we what we um, you know what we started off trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. And obviously, for us, the key the key um, thing is to continue to grow the number of people involved in the community, um, whether that's restaurateurs or chefs or uh, farmers, um, produce growers. You know, this, we're seeing some fantastic produce coming out of a market garden down in Gippsland that's using the fertiliser. Wow. Um, and and that's just exciting. We're seeing the circular economy actually completing the circle. Yeah, and, becoming um, closed loop. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well done on the great work that you guys are doing uh, and I really yeah. appreciate your time. Uh, what's the best way that people can find out about what you're doing at uh, Enrich360? Um, best to go just to our website, enrich360.com.au. E-N-R-I-C-H-360.com.au. Beautiful. Dean, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks.